From the courtroom to the tabloids. Welcome to All Rise. All Rise swears to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Your host, Dylan Howard. 2018 will long be remembered for the fallout to two of Hollywood's nastiest divorces. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and the split that shocked the nation. Plus, the explosive accusations floating around the divorce of Mel B, the Spice Girl, and her husband, Stefan Belafonte. In March last year, it was reported that Melanie Brown had filed for divorce, citing irreconcilable differences. But since then, the couple has been in court playing out a real-life Hollywood drama amid accusations of serial abuse and a portrait of a man as a monster. That man, Stefan Belafonte, who was married to the Spice Girl for nearly 10 years. He approached this podcast to tell his version of events in light of the explosive allegations. Stefan, why did you choose to speak out now? Um, well, I mean, listen, uh, you know, right now, uh, you know, I don't, I wanted to kind of uh, get everybody, you know, um, give everyone a, a very clear uh, understanding of what happened in, you know, my divorce with my ex-wife. Um, there's been so many media reports, so many stories, uh, so many weird allegations. Um, and, you know, I wanted to kind of just take everybody from A to Z uh, to kind of get a, a, a clearer understanding of what really happened beside all the you know, the lies that my ex has been telling to every person that'll listen and, and claiming to be this uh, this victim. Including in a tell-all book. Uh, yes, yes. In that book, for by way of background, let's explain that Mel B wrote Brutally Honest, and in that memoir, she said that she dropped abuse allegations against you because you threatened to release hours of private sex tapes. Yes. Now, um, yeah, I did. That's interesting. You brought that up. Um, anybody who, once again, throughout this, um, this, this, you know, interview or whatever, um, I'd like everyone to get very, very familiar with a good buddy that I'm sure everyone knows, which is called Google. So write everything down and then go Google it after this. Um, so, you know, Melanie said that she dropped the allegation because the judge allowed her to drop these allegations because I had all these sex tapes. First of all, that is the biggest lie in the world because it's against the law. Anybody who can look that up, it's called revenge porn. Um, you cannot have uh, uh, sex tapes that you threaten to put out in a court of law and there's a judge that says, oh, I'm going to allow this. It's the most ridiculous thing that you could ever possibly say. Um, there was nothing, the judge said from day one that he was never going to allow any sexual tape to be played in court um, from day one. So, and, and with that being said, there were no sex tapes that were even handed over that were part of any evidence. There, sex tapes never came into this. This was, that was a big, uh, I guess, kind of a, a smoke screen for Mel to say to the world that she was being, uh, uh, you know, threatened with sex tapes. We're talking about 
Mel B, who talks about her vagina, who is openly bisexual, who, um, you know, has been pretty, you know, she didn't get her name Scary Spice for no reason. So now all of a sudden she's scared that I have some sex tapes that I'm going to release. Once again, guys, look up revenge porn. It's a felony. Do you have sex tapes? No. When you say sex tapes, did my wife and I ever um, have sex and have a phone not a we don't have much like big cameras and lighting and and, and editing uh, have we ever taken an intimate uh, moment and filmed it with a camera yes did you ever beat up your ex-wife no i never beat my wife my wife and i never had any physical altercations at all like that that wasn't anything that was even remotely close in our marriage so why would she make the allegations <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, let me give everyone kind of a better understanding, because I think that's the biggest question on everyone's brain. Why is this person coming out and making such horrific allegations? So let me start from the beginning. So my wife and I are married for 10 years. Um, we got to a point uh, that, you know, uh, Mel's, Mel's drug and alcohol and amongst a lot of other things with bad parenting, uh, uh, you know, started to spiral out of control. Um, Mel had a lot of enablers around her uh, that wanted to, you know, keep the party going. Uh, they, they, they're paid, you know, their whole life and salary is uh, comprised of what Mel's paying them. So, you know, all this stuff started happening. Uh, Mel and I had a discussion about having a divorce and we decided that we were going to get divorced. Now, during this time in this month span that we were working on uh, getting our divorce finalized, our accountants were handling writing it up. We decided that we, through text message and through email, we and also personally, we decided that we were not going to go down the road because we didn't have to fight over anything. When I met my ex-wife, she didn't have hundreds of millions of dollars or tens of millions. She had around three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars to her name, and I had around the same. So there was nothing for us to kind of split. We grew our business together throughout our marriage. Um, while we're still, like I said, sleeping together, being friendly, we're definitely talking about doing everything for the kids to protect them. We met with our therapist with the kids and told them we were getting divorced. They cried. Mel assured them. I assured them that we were still going to be super friendly. And, you know, it was like having two parents, uh, you know, two Christmases and whatever. And during all of this time, unbeknownst to me, Mel had a very sick plot that she was starting to, uh, I guess, cook up. One day I'm at my restaurant. I get a call at the restaurant uh, and I pick up the phone. There's a guy, I'm saying it's a guy, it sounded like a male, breathing really hard on the other end of the line. And I listened for a second because he was breathing so hard. Uh, and I said, uh, hello. And as soon as I said hello, he hung up. It was a bit of a weird phone call. And about, I don't know, 10 minutes later, my ADT app on my phone went off and it said that I called and they said someone was uh, breaking into my house. And I said, how do you know? And they said, well, there's about four or five different people hitting, going up and down your stairs or whatever. So I thought, oh my God, someone's breaking into my, my, my house. They wanted to put me at my restaurant to rob the house. I zip up the street. I don't live that far. 
I pull up in my car and I'm met with machine guns to my face. I'm met with TMZ standing there. I'm met with, uh, 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 you know, just all these cops. They have a search warrant. They bring me inside the house. They read off the search warrant. They're searching for guns, drugs, all this other stuff. Um, and I was, and I asked them, am I allowed to leave? Um, they allowed me to leave because I wasn't being charged with anything. So they searched the house. They didn't find anything. So the next day when I went home, I looked at the surveillance uh, uh, cameras because I thought, my God, they must be looking for someone down the street or whatever. They have the wrong house. And I saw my ex, my, my, my wife at that moment, getting out of the ATF car and letting them in the house and going back and forth with, uh, with our therapist, Dr. Sophie. And I was floored. Um, I, I didn't know what to think. I called my ex. She changed her number. And right after that, right after that happened, that next day, I went down the street to get a bite to eat. I hadn't slept all night. When I came back, uh, one of my friends was dropping off an audio file to me. And he said, Stefan, there's a thousand cops in front of your house. And I said, what the hell? Not again. I went back up to my house and I was told, even though my ex-wife and I my ex-wife didn't live there for the last month. She had another place. She had told the police and the judge that she lived in the residence. And because there were no guns and drugs found that she feared that I had them elsewhere and I was going to harm her. Um, and they gave me about 20 minutes to move out of my place. I had to take all of my stuff, throw it in black plastic bags, throw it in my car. And uh, I was told I had to leave the premises and I could not come back to the premises. I went down to the bank. And once again, this is all in court records, guys. Anything I'm this saying- This was in, right now, just by way of facts, this was on March 31st, 2017. So you're alleging that- Well, well let me finish. Well, let me let, let me just finish this little part because I don't want to, I don't want to lose anyone. Um, but, 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 and, and once again, these are all facts that I'm telling you that can be looked up in court records. So uh, I went to the bank to go get some money because now I'm pretty much homeless. And I was told by my bank and my accountants at the time that Melanie a month prior, one month prior had emptied hundreds of thousands of dollars. She transferred all the stocks. She shut all of the companies and bank accounts down. So I got to the bank and there was nothing to be had. Melanie had emptied all the accounts a month prior. And this is in court records, guys, with the forensic accountants on both sides acknowledging this. You can look it up. This is Melanie a month prior, unloaded all of our bank accounts and everything. Then I went to use my credit card and Melanie had ran the credit card up um, two nights prior to the max amount. And I hadn't noticed. So now I'm sitting here with no money. I have my name. Oh, now she's put out the allegations that I beat her and that I'm a monster. I couldn't see my daughter because she told the judge that I was going to stab my my daughter um, in her in her chest. Uh, my stepdaughter, who I love like my own, was ripped from me. I was getting text messages from her. Daddy, why are you not calling me back? Daddy, I love you. I miss you. Where are you at? Remember, a week prior, I was sitting down with her telling Angel, Daddy will never leave you. Don't worry. This is going to be amazing. In front of Melanie and her doctor, who now her and her doctor are walking in and out of the house with the ATF. So now I, I'm on my head spinning. I get a, a divorce lawyer. I, my world is upside down. I mean, you have no idea. It's a very you have to be a tough individual to, 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 to handle this. And everyone in the world is thinking that I'm some monster that was beating my ex for 10 years. So I got an amazing lawyer, Grace Jamra. 
um, who believed me and, and said, you know what, I'm going to take your case and really told me something early on. She said, Stefan, either you're going to win in the court in the real, you know, in the real court, or you're going to win with TMZ. Which one do you want to do? You can get your kids back or your daughter back. We can fight to see your stepdaughter and we can right this wrong, but you're going to have to take some hits in the press because you're going to keep your mouth shut, do what's best and do it for the kids, your, 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 your children. And, and, and I did, but the thing that the, the, the thing that was, you know, really crazy was Melanie at this point had the whole world thinking that I was this monster and I'm, uh, you know, and, and, and I was beating her. And this is where the, the rea- you asked me a question and I'm sorry, I had to tell that story from the beginning, but to answer your question, Melanie and her team came to my team and said, here's our offer. If Stefan walks away from any financial gains, that means I get zero and I give up the parenting rights of Madison, my daughter, we will dismiss all the allegations. And I, at that moment, I got kind of angry because it became very clear to me, Melanie had did all of this. She had thrown gasoline, napalm on our family, hurt our daughters irreparably and did all this because she wanted to do a parentectomy. Because if you look at Melanie's history, Melanie, her first husband, parentectomy. Jimmy Golzar, she got rid of, she took complete custody of, of Phoenix. Um, the second thing she did was she went right after Eddie Murphy in the same way. She did a public uh, uh, press conference with Gloria Allred, embarrassed Eddie Murphy to the point of you know saying that he's a deadbeat dad and all of these mean things about him that he probably said, I don't want to deal with this crazy woman and gave up the rights for Angel. So she had sole custody. Once again, she did two parentectomies in a row. And now here I am. She wants the same thing to happen. But with me, you're not going to get that because I'm a fighter. I'm an amazing father. I'm a, a, a person who's not going to let you take me out of my daughter's life. Like she's my daughter is my everything. My stepdaughter is my everything. But you were able to do that because you have, you know, I, I never adopted my stepdaughter. Sure. I never, I never, I never even fathomed that I would have to because I'd be fighting over parental rights one day. It's the most crazy thing. So it became very clear. Melanie wanted me out of the picture and wanted to, you know, she's a bully. Melanie's not a person that gets beat. Anyone who's a fan of Melanie's right now, go look at her, go Google her. When, when have you seen Melanie downtrodden? beaten or, 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 you know, this, this, this person that she says she is in regards to abuse. Melanie was off for months at a time and I had no control over what she did. Melanie, guys, go use Google. I'm going to say this a lot through this. Go Google Tamer Hassan. Okay. Melanie is telling you guys that I'm this abusive, mean, crazy guy. And she was scared to death of me. Well, go Google Melanie Brown, Tamer Hassan, Mayfair Hotel. This is my ex-wife having an affair in the middle of a hotel restaurant where she's kissing a guy, hugging a guy, going into the elevator at three o'clock in the morning. And then she later confessed to me that she had an affair with this guy. Now, I never hit her. You know what, what happened? Melanie sent me letters once again that are in court documents of, I'm sorry that I had an affair. I love you. Please don't leave me. And then this is where things started to spiral down because Melanie, I learned, 
was now starting to use cocaine on the regular, was starting. And, and by the way, in Melanie's book, she used cocaine because of me. Everything is because of me in her book. There is no responsibility. It's like a narcissist. It's everyone else's problem. I, I hit my child because you made me mad, or I did this because of that. Melanie is you know, now starting to use cocaine, starting to use pills, and now her lying, her, 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 her things are starting to spin out, and now enter Lorraine Giles. All right, so uh, let, let, let's just put some yeah. context in this for the listeners. Yes. You have accused your ex-wife of conspiring to take your parental rights away from you. You've accused her of orchestrating a police search of your California home. You have accused her of having an extramarital affair against you. You have accused her of fleecing your bank accounts. Why? No, no, no that's facts, though. You keep saying why, accused. No. Why no, are no, you? Why are you speaking now? Given that the divorce case has seemingly settled. Oh well, I mean, this is the reason why. So, and I want everyone to pay close attention to this because this is kind of what happens in a big divorce. This, this, I don't want this to go over anyone's head. Now, this is very, very important for you to listen to, and you have to check it. Do your own research on this. So, great question. So, the first reason that I was quiet most of the the divorce, pretty much all of the divorce, I didn't go to the press, I didn't do um, an interview. You know, every parent says, "I'll take a bullet for my kids," and the truth is, you don't know if you're going to take that bullet until that gun appears and someone may fire a bullet. And that bullet was in the shape of Melanie uh, 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 doing and saying all of these despicable things. And I didn't want this to, like my kids can read. And I th- thought, you know what? I'm not going to add fuel to this. I'm not going to go bashing. You know, at the end of the day, she is the mother of my daughters. I'm not going to go and just, you know, bad mouth her. I'm going to do what my lawyer said and fight this in the, in the, in the, you know, in the, with the judge, you know? Um, and I did, and I prevailed. Melanie dismissed everything, not because of sex tapes. Melanie didn't want the world to see her drug addiction, her lying, her cheating, the way she talked to me, the way she talked about the Spice Girls, the way she talked about, you know, everything. Listen, there's a, an example is this, you know, the Spice Girls were getting back together and Melanie is texting Jerry at the time. And Jerry says, Hey, you know, we really should do something and come out and do a big charity to kind of launch the, the relaunch of the Spice Girls. And Melanie was quote, fuck charity. Charity don't pay the bills end quote. And then Jerry says, you better hope that that text never sees the light of day. The reason I bring that up is to show you Melanie's mindset when talking about even a charity. So to answer your question, I was quiet about all of these things because I didn't want this to, I didn't want to feel the fire. And then I did win. My lawyer told me, Stefan, you will prevail. And I did prevail. Every allegation dismissed. I went against unprovable allegations and pulled up the evidence because Melanie forgot that I had, I never threw away my, my cell phones. Um, I never used iCloud because I just didn't want them getting hacked. So I had all these cell phones with all of the text messages, all of the emails of six years that were sent to a forensic uh, 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 telephone person 
that validated the metadata on the phones. So Melanie didn't realize this, and then she got caught, and she got caught, and she didn't know what to do. Here's what happened. Melanie said in her original declaration, once again, guys, this is Google, that I beat her every day of her life, and I beat her to within an inch of her life, right? Which she doesn't mention in the book, and I don't know why. We don't have any reason that she can't mention it. Do you know why? Because she knows I can prove it, and therefore I can sue her. But we'll get to the book in a second, guys. So once again, Melanie you know, um, says all of these horrific things, but she didn't realize I had six years worth of phones. So now when she said I beat her every day in her deposition, my lawyers could say, okay, so tell me a day he beat you. Because now I have cell phones to look at the text messages and emails from that day and pictures to see if they match up to what she's saying. Melanie couldn't do it. She couldn't pin down a day in 10 years that I beat her or hit her. She kept saying, I was abused. Once again, all of the real victims of domestic violence are going to be completely appalled when they find out the truth of how Melanie used something that so many women and men, but more so women, go through in this world, and that's despicable and horrific. My mother was a uh, real domestic violence. Uh, 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 I, we lived in a shelter. Uh, I went through all of the things. My mother, I can tell you personally how this pans out. And Melanie used all of the the the, the symptoms that or, or 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 things you look for and tried to place them and make it fit into her life. But she. Anyway, yeah. I want to ask some specifics, and let's get rapid fire with this. These are yes. some of the claims that she made. She claimed after competing in 2007 on Dancing with the Stars, where she was partnered with Maxim Chermakovsky, the professional dancer, that you were yes. so jealous of him that you began choking her and slammed her down onto the hardwood floors. Yeah, Max, Max and I were actually doing some business together. Um, I love Max Chermakovsky. He's never been anything but the coolest guy in the world with Mel. Uh, he's been over our house a million times. We've hung out with him a million times. He's been the coolest guy in the world. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I have no idea why she would say that, except for she needed to make up lies. But once again, there was nothing to back up that. So okay. if, if okay. I beat her every day, she would have these stories sure. every day. But these are claims that she's made, so I want you to answer them. She claimed that you punched her in the mouth after accusing her of flirting with R&B superstar Usher. Yes. Once again, I didn't even know, to be honest with you, that she had even done anything with Usher. Not like, like even was doing something. You know, when they asked me, I guess, during the end of my divorce, when she made these allegations, I had no idea what they were talking about with Usher because I never even knew she did anything with Usher, like performed or, or interviewed him or whatever they said. Her daughter, Phoenix, claimed that she saw you, quote, push, end quote, her mother over the couch during an argument. True or false? Very false. Listen, Phoenix is a really cool child who is a, you know, a really, you know, she's 19 years old. Let me put this into perspective. She is a 19-year-old child or young adult who is completely financially reliant on Melanie. Um to give you a better understanding, Rusty Uptegroff, who is her Melanie's ex-friend of 25 years, who I never knew, who didn't know anything about me, uh, 
said just recently that Mel was in two fistfights, punching each other in the face while he was watching uh, babysitting. So, you know, that's the truth. I mean, I think that Phoenix is in probably a really bad catch-22 where, you know what, Melanie says, hey, I need your support on this. And she's completely reliant upon her. But, you know, Phoenix never saw anything like that. And I never pushed her over. And once again, if I was so abusive every day, Phoenix was there every day. She has one little thing that I pushed, I mean, Melanie over uh, uh, um, over a couch. And by the way, that now comes out in a book. It never came out in court. Why was that not in court? Phoenix was 18 years old. She could have testified to that. It's an after-the-thought lie. Melanie needed something. And this is the most important thing I want you guys to all understand. Very, very, and this is everything that we're talking about. Melanie wrote this book called Brutally Honest. Where is the talk of me punching her with Usher? Where is the talk of me throwing her over a couch in Phoenix? Well, I mean, no, this is now Phoenix because this is Phoenix's uh, perspective. But that was never in court. So what Melanie was able to do, and this is what I'm talking about when it comes to big divorces, let me explain to you guys. Melanie lost in court, okay? No one believed anything she was saying, and she knew that, so she didn't want to go to trial because Melanie would have been embarrassed in front of the world of being such a liar. So she dismissed everything, okay? Now she goes and writes a book, but she didn't write the book. There was a woman who wrote the book. I forget her name. I'll think about it in a second. But so Melanie goes to a very good writer who's a you know professional writer. And this professional writer then writes the book, uh, Louise Gannon. Louise Gannon was her name. So what Louise Gannon does is she works with a plethora of lawyers. And these lawyers are called defamation lawyers, right? And what they do is they let her write this amazing tale of abuse, but never mention abuse. They write this tale of me robbing money from her, but they never mention me. So once again, guys, if you've read the book or if you read the headlines, it says that Melanie walked out of the marriage with $500 in her pocket or something like that, 500, whatever it was. Everyone in the world jumped to Stefan robbed Melanie of her money. But in the book, Melanie never says Stefan took my money. It's a clever way to make accusations, but you can't get sued for it. So Melanie's writer worked with a lawyer. So if you read the book, Brutally Honest, why is there no mention of me beating her every day? Why has Melanie not said anything about I stole money? Why has she not said anything about the nanny that she said I impregnated? Why has she not said any of this in the book? Well, I want to know. Here's the thing. It's brutally honest. This is her honest depiction. There is no legal thing stopping Melanie from talking about any of this horrible abuse that I've done over 10 years. Why is there no mention of it? What happened to it? Did it disappear? No, what happened was she lost in a court of law. And if she mentions it in any interview, she's done a thousand interviews, guys, go to Google, see if she mentions that I beat her or that I stole money from her or any of this stuff. She says very safe things of, I was in a controlling relationship. Well, I can't sue because of that, but I have all of the evidence to show in all of the text messages that Melanie would randomly disappear for weeks, go have sex with random guys, call me a fat effer, call me a loser, call me, say anything she wanted to. Melanie was the boss of this relationship. And I was the guy who was trying to hold it together because I didn't want to lose my family because I love my wife. I love my children. And I didn't want to lose what we had. It wasn't about money. Do you still love Mel B? Um, I, I don't love Mel um, I, I wish her the best, but I definitely don't love Mel. What she did 
when how she tore this family apart and how she went and put out these horrific allegations just to fold, to fold. And you know why a person like Melanie folded in court? Because during her deposition, Melanie was a horrible liar, okay? She thought that everyone was going to believe her. You know, Melanie said a, a very interesting thing to me. And then I want to tell you something about the deposition. Melanie had gotten a, a Jenny Craig deal in Australia. And I said to her, babe, no one's really going to believe that you use this. I mean, like you have a really good body. Plus she hated the food. She would never eat it. And she said, babe, if I tell people that I love it, they'll believe me. And I didn't really think about it so much. But now Melanie, when she tells people stuff, she expects it. Listen, Pierce Morgan, who I met, had dinner with multiple times, who I thought was a great journalist, just got scared and was kissing Mel's butt on air. And Mel said, you know, they were saying that uh, I should have a, 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 a chance to, you know, to, to, I mean, she only has allegations, by the way, no charges mm -hmm. to, to be able to dispute these allegations. And Pierce Morgan said that he agreed that I shouldn't have a venue to even to, to, to talk about, you know, to be able to, you know, uh, respond to him. And I was like, Pierce, really? You're that, but kissing Mel B to get a Spice Girls interview, uh, appalling. But once again, I don't mean to lose everyone, but I want to jump back to something. Melanie, during her deposition, was a horrible liar, right? She was just bad at it. When you look at it, you'll go, holy shit, she, she couldn't remember anything. Um, and she was all over the place, just to the point where Melanie wanted to be the face of domestic violence, because this is this new champion thing that she wants to go do. It's a great cause. Um, so during the the, the deposition, she keeps mentioning about how there's a woman that is like her sister now and that she's got she's part of this organization and that she's gone around the country with this woman and she's talking to thousands of women. And my lawyer thought at the end, it's very weird. So she said to Melanie, Melanie, what is the name of this organization that you said that you've like that is the number one thing that's in your life? It's like your DNA now. What organization is it? No, Melanie says in the depot. Can I ask my hairdresser? Then she says to her, well, what is the name of the woman that runs this organization that you said is like your sister now and that really is like your everything? She said, I don't remember. Melanie is a fraud. She used what women are going through. And a lot of women have gone through this, including my mother, domestic violence. And she's now tried to make people suckers to go buy her book to make money off of them. It's a very appalling thing what she's done. And. She hasn't said anything. Listen, all the fans out there listening that think I'm a horrible piece of crap, go back, do your research, look at all of the stuff that Melanie's saying, see if it makes sense. It doesn't make sense. And by the way, look at all the interviews that Melanie's done. Look, read her book. She never mentions that I stole any money. She never mentions about Lorraine Giles. Lorraine Giles, let's go there real quick. Lorraine yeah, Giles I do want to go there. So, so for, we have to explain the background of the reader. Yes. Lorraine Giles yes. was the nanny for your family. Yes. It was yes. alleged that you were in a three-way relationship that you No, 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 no. That's incorrect. Lorraine Giles was our nanny. It was alleged in Melanie's original filing for the world to see. This is what the world first saw, that Melanie was shocked to find out that her husband was having a sexual relationship with the nanny and got the nanny pregnant. So the whole world at this moment goes, oh my God. Okay, you know, so, there's a lot of families out so there. So did that, you have a sexual relationship with the nanny? Let, 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 me, let me give you the rundown on it. Let me give you the whole thing. So Lorraine Giles, meet her. She starts becoming our nanny. Melanie starts having a sexual relationship with her. At a certain point, Melanie says to me, 
you know, you know, you want to come in here, have a little bit of fun, which I did. We're all consenting adults. And we did. I never got the nanny pregnant. As a matter of fact, the reason there's a lawsuit right now between the nanny, Lorraine, and Melanie is because Melanie actually, uh, Lorraine had, had you know, a, a one night stand, not, I don't want to say one night stand, but had a relationship or one night stand or whatever it was with a person, went to Melanie in confidence as a woman and said, listen, I got pregnant. Melanie had told her that she's had, you know, numerous abortions. And she said, listen, I'm going to help you. So Melanie paid for the abortion. She also paid to put Lorraine up in a hotel. And she was completely you know, aware that it was not me. She then, when she filed, she put it under, she tried to lambast Lorraine Giles because Lorraine Giles had all of the information on her. Like she made Lorraine Giles get a tattoo that said property of Mel and Stefan. And she put my name on it. I didn't ask because once again, where was that I tattoo on her, on her vagina? And 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 once again, I have the text message which the court has that Melanie sent to me. I didn't saying, even think that was look, possible. Look at this, she said. Look at look how sexy is this? And I was like, whoa! Like you just got that done. She told Lorraine to go get this, and she she made Lorraine think that she was going to make her into an actress and a superstar and introduce her to celebrities. And Melanie. This goes to show you, Melanie's not girl power. Melanie, when, when we had our breakup, when Melanie and I had our breakup, the first thing Melanie did was go and get involved with a married cop from Beverly Hills whose wife was pregnant. The first thing she does, she has a sexual relationship that was all over the news for you people that are her fans. Where is that girl power to come in and break up a family? Where is that girl power to take an 18-year-old nanny? And by the way, why does the nanny not in her brutally honest book? Because Melanie had to pay Lorraine off because Lorraine knew about her drug use. Lorraine knew about how bad she was with parenting. Lorraine knew about all of the things that that you couldn't imagine. So Melanie paid her off to keep her quiet. That's why in brutally honest, there is no nanny. When so, I listen to the totality of these allegations, it can't help I can't help but ask you this question. Given what we know about Mel B, given what you're saying, given her own confessions about alcohol abuse and drug abuse and the fact that she has had two overdoses, is she? No, a that good- was an overdose. That was that was that was that was an. That by the way, that wasn't. That was a drug overdose. Not that she said in her book. In her book, she said she took pill after pill. Uh, we can we can talk about that if you want to. Oh, yeah. I think well, let's that go day there. And, what happened? Yeah, you yeah, were there. Okay, okay, great. So let me explain to you. So the day that this all happened was at nighttime. My wife and I, we were at Shepherd's Bush. It's a place in yep. London having a nice little dinner. Melanie decides that she wants 10 vodkas, not 10, but like let's say five doubles back to back to back. Now- I don't really care. I'm no innocent type of person. If a girl wants to drink or a girl wants to do some drugs or this or that, and I'm being honest with you guys, I'm not some guy who's like, I'm appalled. You know, I've done drugs in my life. I've drank, I've done whatever. I did it when I was younger. I haven't touched it in, you know, over probably 20 years. Anyone in Hollywood can tell you Stefan doesn't do drugs. I'm not against them. Just do what you want to do with your own life. You know, as long as it doesn't affect me, that's kind of my motto in the world. I don't hate if you're gay, straight, if you're another religion, do what you want to go do as a human being. It's your life. Okay. But when it starts affecting me and my family, that's when I have a problem. So we're at Shepherd's Bush. Melanie goes and gets drunk. When Melanie gets drunk, she gets very 
uh, aggressively, like just over the top about anything, like, like very whatever. So now we get back home and now Melanie's doing Coke. And when she does Coke, she goes into a whole nother level of paranoia, meanness. She takes her love away and it hurts when you love someone, how cold they can get. Then it goes on all night. So I think Melanie, her body at this point is breaking down. So Melanie says, oh, you know what? I want, but, but, but she wanted to go out and keep the party going. So she's like, oh, you know what? I want to go out. I'm going to go see my friend's house or whatever. And anyway, needless to say, uh, all this stuff happens and I go to bed. I'm tired of it. I'm like, I'm done with this. I go to bed in the morning. I'm woken up and Randy, who's now come into the house, uh, uh, and Randy had been there for a while with Mel. I, I don't know what they were talking about. I thought Melanie was just on one of her, you know, hangover things that she always has where she's like, totally wiped out. She can't get out of bed or whatever. So I go over and I try to cuddle next to her. I say, are you okay? And she's definitely not okay or whatever. Uh, not like she's dying or anything, but I didn't realize uh, that, you know, she had damaged her kidneys and liver and stuff so bad that I guess she left to go to do a shoot or something. And somewhere along the way, they went to a hospital. Now, when they're at this hospital, um, I'm actually a little pissed at Melanie because I'm like, dude, you're doing this to yourself. Like you're destroying your own body with Coke and drugs and this and that. Like I'm, I'm really big on like, come on, you've had a million talks from me and the therapist and everyone else, and you won't listen to anyone. So what happens is she's in the hospital for about six, uh, about six or seven days. Right now, this is very important. So I'm going to slow down in Melanie's original filing. Once again, under penalty of perjury and under oath. Now she's swearing us to God. She said the reason she was in the hospital was because I beat her and slammed her head in a door. Think of a, a, a person trying to get out of a doorway and I'm a big guy, 200 pounds, and I forcibly slam the door into her face to the point where she was at the brink of death. And that's why she was in the hospital. So my lawyers and I said, your honor, if that's the truth, I'll be guilty right now. Just tell Melanie to show you her hospital records. She would not do it. We tried to compel it. The, the judge tried, everyone tried to, but she fought it under HEPA law, which supersedes the power that a judge has, or even my attorneys have. She would never show it, but she led the world to believe that when she came out on that stage, that there were these bruises on her, mm -hmm. these bruises. Okay. Now, Let's everyone pull up Google. Let's pull it up real quick. Bruises. Okay. I have to explain something to everybody out there. There are women like Ronda Rousey who get into massive MMA brawls, who beat the crap out of each other. They don't go to the hospital for six days, okay, after a fight. The reason Melanie was in that hospital was because her kidneys were failing her. That's it. There was no physical bruising. By the way, if there were any bruising, the first thing that Melanie would have done was go and brought the medical records and said, look, Melanie arrived at the hospital. There was bruising. There were no bruising. Those pictures that you see or that picture, there's a picture of her standing there. That the, 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 There's one on her left-hand side. Her right-hand side is from the EKG. It's not a bruise. It's a sticky tape. I don't know if I've had EKGs before. So it's like a tape. And it, it when you take it off, it becomes like a booger kind of like it. It, unless you take like 
you know, acetone or something like that, you take it off of your skin. And there's one rape by her arm was from her IV. The bruising stuff only came in way after the fact where Melanie used what the newspapers thought were bruises and then ran with that story. But once again, if there were bruises for everyone out there listening, why didn't Melanie show one piece of medical record that said she had bruising? Because there was no physical contact. By the way, there's some recordings that should be that are soon to be coming out that clarify Melanie and me talking about that night where she acknowledges I never touched her. So mm. once again, Melanie lied to everybody. And everyone says, oh, but we saw the bruises. There were no bruises. Because if Melanie had any bruises, show your medical records. And then I'm the piece of dog crap that I should be if I hit my wife. She did show medical records this week after severing her hand and breaking two ribs, falling down the stairs at a friend's house. Do you believe that this wasn't, as she says, fueled by alcohol or drugs? Um, when you say she showed medical records, first of all, let's let's get this straight. Melanie, uh, once again, uses her fans and people as little pawns that she doesn't care about. So when she says this, that she severed her hand, let's go to severed. When you sever a hand, you're like, it's almost like almost off your body. Okay. It's like hanging by a tendon or so. Melanie showed everyone her tattoo that she cut my name off of. She made a point of putting it up on social media. And that's pretty disgusting piece of skin that someone takes off. Why hasn't she shown her severed hand? Why? And what medical records did you see that she broke her ribs? Where, where did you see that medical record at? There was none. Melanie. Well, there was a story. Yes, a story. There was a that story published. Yes. In fairness, the, the, Stefan, there yes. was a story published in the Sun newspaper yes. that contained a document yes. that was a drug and alcohol test that, according to the Sun, which published the document, said yes. Melby was clean as a whistle when it came okay, to cool. drug and booze use with this particular incident. Most of it. Now, everyone, go on your Google again and look and see if she put her hospital blood record up on there. She didn't. So her word is her word. Now, I mean, take a, t think about this. It's not an explained story. Somebody falls down. You go, hey, I was at my buddy's house. I fell on the stairs. I bumped my arm and I hit my head. This is there's this couple day delay. There's not really a clear story. There's a car accident. There's a fall. There's a this. There's a that. Why would it be so hard to explain? And on the and by the way, you had your hand almost severed. Well, we'll be able to see her stitches and her reconstruction surgery as soon as the cast comes off. And then all of her fans will go, wait a second. She really didn't have a severed hand. But Melanie will lead you to believe because Melanie, as in documents from her mother. This is her mother, not me, emails all the time to Melanie because they were in constant contact. Oh, Mel and her mother, constant contact. And she would say, Melanie, you are a narcissist. Melanie, you are a cocaine head. Melanie, you are a sex addict. This is her own mother calling her. But once again, Melanie's mother is completely, her whole legacy is built on my daughter's a Spice Girl. So she definitely doesn't bite the hand that feeds her. Um, and, you know, at any given moment, her mother will come out and say whatever. But the reality is everyone knows Rusty knew Optograph, her, her old friend. Um, all of the people that came out and talked about Melanie, they're all liars. Everyone's a liar. Are you worried about your children being in the custody of their mother? Um, I have about 80 to 85% custody of my daughter. 
Um, Melanie has, you know, um, specific people put around her now, court ordered, to make sure that there is, uh, you know, no chance of my my daughter being hurt. So I'm pretty confident um, in what the court has allowed and the in the in the safety net that they've provided. Um, you know, and my 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 daughter is old enough to talk very intelligently about what's happening. So you know, I, I I just hope that you know all of the fans, all of these millions of fans out there that were so quick to say you beat her, you're a bad person, you're this or that. God forbid anything ever happens to Melanie, and none of these people. I don't want to see one teary eye emoji. I don't want to see one little thing. I want to see. The people that stood up like Rusty Updegraff, who lost his job and his friendship to say, hey, I'm not going to watch you throw your life away and die like Brittany or Michael or one of these people, because so, so many people don't want to accept the fact that, you know what, Melanie may have a problem. Well, okay. this leads me to my last question. Yeah. The Spice Girls are making a reunion. Victoria yes. Beckham at this point is not joining the tour. Do you yes. think that Mel B will be able to sustain the tour if she has these alcohol and drug issues? Listen, I hope Melanie's put the right, you know, gotten the right. I mean, listen, she's told everybody, I think from her PTSD, you know, her first headlines were, I'm going to, uh, you know, to therapy and rehab to deal with this. Did she go? No. Melanie likes to talk about these things and she hits the, the fans with headlines. The fans buy into it. And then she, falls to the wayside. So to answer your question, I mean, she's really putting, making a big effort to put up every one of her drug tests. And so what? You haven't did drugs or drink in a couple months because the court's watching you. Bravo. Now let's see if you can sustain that lifestyle and get off of the things that are ruining you, that are ruining your family, that are ruining everything around you. Um, you know, I was, uh, you know, I was appalled to hear, listen, Melanie can do and have as many guys as she want, but it was the judgment calls of, listen, she had three guys in one day, the third guy that she had, and she's bringing them all around my daughter. It's not about who she has as a man because she's, she's able to, she's a single woman and she should be able to do what she wants. Um, but she had three guys around my daughter in the same day. My daughters are seeing these guys walk around shirtless, whatever. The third guy she just met, I think was an Uber driver. And, uh, you know, uh, this guy gets out of, um, uh, uh, you know, a car, it, it comes in the house, you know, they, they allegedly have sex or whatever, or this is what Rusty was saying. And then she leaves the guy, the guy goes in the pool where my seven-year-old daughter is swimming and swimming around with her and then tries to take my daughter into the shower to give her a shower. Can you imagine what would happen? Uh, you know, if, if one of these strange guys ended up touching my daughter, not only would she be forever, you know, ruined, I'd probably be in jail for life. So, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's unacceptable to think that you're, you know, these drugs, drugs and alcohol and the lifestyle you're leading are allowing you to do this around your daughters because you're girl power. You're, you should set an example, not talk in a book about vaginal reconstruction and showing your daughters, all of these things. Do you understand that your daughters are going to look at this one day and say, wow, my mother put all of this out there and talked about all of these horrific things. Do you know that the judge would have allowed Melanie to say all the exact things that, things that she said and do this in a private courtroom? Melanie went to the press first and foremost to lambast me to get complete control of finances and my daughter. 
that right there is a sick thing to do where you don't think about your daughters. For any parent out there, I don't know what parent would ever do something to sensationalize such horrific, disgusting things that were ultimately proved fake at the expense of their growing daughters and your girl power and you're about women. I mean, I, I don't understand this. Well, no one can be accused, at least on this program, of giving you a forum to air your grievances and tell your side of the story. Stefan Belafonte, the former husband of Spice Girl Mel B, I want to thank you very much for your time and your honesty on the program. Hey, listen, one last thing I want to say to everyone. If you can't hear it in my voice, I don't stutter. I have nothing to lie about. There was no abuse. Melanie lived months at, at a time apart from me. There was no controlling this. Melanie emptied all the bank accounts. Melanie went and used her fame and celebrity and her high-powered lawyers, who she's now suing, by the way. Lynn, did I mention that she's on her fifth or sixth lawyer? And she's suing her original lawyers, the ones that made the allegations against me, for being liars um, for, because now she doesn't want to pay low pay Lorraine Giles off millions of dollars. So just look look at everything. Don't go by what Melanie says. Melanie doesn't care about, uh, you know, any one of you people that think that, oh my God, I grew up with you in Spice Girls and this and that. Melanie cares about herself. She goes on stage on America's Got Talent and she hugs little girls and cries with little girls that are up there. But she leaves, she lets her daughters read all this horrific stuff. She's, you know, she said stuff about Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell went on, Google this, Simon Cowell went on television and said he never knew, never thought there was any abuse and has never helped Melanie with any legal stuff toward it. In Melanie's book, she references Simon all the time. She always talks about Simon Cowell knew and everyone at X Factor knew. Simon Cowell went on the red carpet and addressed this. And I was like, you know what? I love that he did that because he was like, you know what? I'm not going to have Melanie lie. I may do a show with her. She's his employee and he's the boss. And I probably was a little pissed when she was making up lies about him. But Google that. Google Tamer Hassan and her in the middle of our marriage, kissing and hugging and going up in an elevator at five in the morning to go, you know, to what she admitted to having sex with a married man. Once again, he's a married man. Where's the girl power? Well, Do the math, guys. Either you're going to get an endorsement from Google or I'm going to wear out the Google.com because there is a lot to be Googled after this interview. Stefan Balafonte, yes. thanks very much for joining me. Bombshell after bombshell in a stunning All Rise exclusive interview. This has been Episode 7, Season 2 of the only podcast with the guts to tell it like it is.